The Xbox Drive is powered by the You, Me, and Capri Patreon. We want to say thank you to some people, starting with our Diamond Executive Producer, Slimer Snarf, our Platinum Producer, Robbie Bobby Miller, and then to our Gold Level Patrons like James Johnson, Ryan Turford, Egg Shen, Nasty Boots and Tammy, Joel Brooks, and Jonathan Brown. Thank you everyone for all of your support. Hey everyone, it's me, Sean Capri. I'm in my car and you're listening to the most horsepowerful podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Drive. I'm practicing social distancing and I'm on a Skype call with my friend Ryan Turford, the man on the moose. He's a couple thousand kilometers away from me. I think we're good. And on our journey today, doom, and a bunch of you are jumping into the carpool. So let's jump on in to the Xbox Drive. Ball, Ryan Turford, let's do this. Ball. Greater than X. Hello, Sean Capri. I'm ready to go, Ryan Turford. I'm back in the car. No more of this uh, quarantine, man. I got to get some sunshine, dude. Let's go. Are, are you sure that's such a good idea? Going outside, I, scary, man. Well, nobody else is in the car with me. There, I'm. I'm all by myself. We've got a. We've got a flimsy Skype connection between the two of us and i'm ready to talk about video games with you and just let's let's live life like normal man like nothing else is happening video games allows us the escape so let's let's take a drive man exactly i'm i'm so hyped to talk about video games with you as well so let's just put the pedal to the metal and hop it right into the playlist sean before we talk about doom eternal real quick i want to touch on a game that i don't have too much to say about but i want to throw it in here anyways Doom 64, released alongside Doom Eternal this week. If you pre-ordered Doom Eternal, you have Doom 64. Otherwise, I think it's like $6 Canadian if you want to pick it up separately. Uh, Don't sleep on Doom 64. Really? It's actually a really solid game. So first of all, if y'all don't know what Doom 64 is, it's not just an N64 port of Doom. It's a completely different game, but it's in the same style as Doom and Doom 2. So yeah. if you like those, uh, the old school style of Doom, you're going to love Doom 64. It's a fantastic game. It still holds up really well today. And the port, uh, which is done by uh, Night Dive Studios, who did the, the Turok ports, actually yeah. did, they actually did a good job with this one. So uh, definitely don't, when you're done finished, uh, done with Doom Eternal, definitely jump into Doom 64. It's really fun. And I highly recommended it. And yeah, they, they did a great job with the port. Did you finish it? Did you play through the whole thing? No, so this is something we were gonna. I was gonna touch on in a second, but I should touch on it now. Sean, I I have to say this: my Xbox Uh-oh. One Edge X is on the verge of dying. No, so, <gasps> yeah, what's happening? Which, course, so, pretty much for the last couple weeks, this has kind of happened. Pretty much ever since we got Ori, actually, uh, my system has been overheating like crazy. So I actually opened up the system, cleaned out all the vents, did everything. It literally overheats after about 20 minutes of play with Doom Eternal or about an hour of just watching video on my Xbox. Does it so, need to go into like self-isolation or anything? Like for, does it need maybe a couple days? Maybe. Does it need a respirator? Well, I, try, I tried actually not playing my Xbox for two days, Sean, because yeah. <laughs> that's the reason I'm not very far in Doom Eternal, actually. Oh, no. Because I wanted to play it all weekend. And uh, no, so I think there must be a problem with the heat sink or something else with the unit. Uh, and of course, pick the perfect time for my this Xbox is devastating. to stop working. Um, so obviously, we have a, a question about this a little bit later on the show from Todd Oxter, which we'll get to in a bit. Yeah. Um, but 
as a result of this, I haven't had as much time to play either Doom of Eternal or Doom 64. So I haven't finished either one of them. We have got to rectify the situation. We need to get you... Is it? Hopefully they're still on sale, and I assume that like this is outside of warranty. They but. were actually on sale in the United States, but not Canada. So mm, actually, Canada, they're, Xbox Canada, come so on, So it's man. actually 500 bucks right now. But That's a it's lot. One of those things, <laughs> so it's one of those things where I'm like weighing... Do I buy an Xbox One S, for example, until just to get you through the the the, the uh, Series X comes out, mm-hmm. or do I just buy Doom on PS4 at this point because I have a PS4 Pro? Yeah, but I want to probably on Xbox because okay. Like Xbox here's better. here's what we'll do. We'll we'll here's an offer on the table. You can think about it. You don't have to give me an answer right now. I have an S. I have an extra one. We're definitely not using it. We're basically holding on to it for trade-in value. Let's look at maybe if I ship this over to you. I wonder if that's a thing that we can do. But Canada Post is like not delivering packages right now, <laughs> like at all. Well, they, they especially parcels. They said it's like it'll get there when it gets there, kind of. Thing. Oh so no! I don't know if I would want you to send that in the mail, Sean. <laughs> likewise, it, okay. if I likewise, I would be worried if I would to like order one from Amazon, for example, because I don't know if it would even get here. Plus, so. you don't know where, where my hands have been, man. You don't. <laughs> I promise you, I wash my hands, but you just never know. What about the mailman? How often exactly. does he wash his hands? It's cold outside. Exactly. He's got a runny Anyways, nose. Let's not linger on this topic, Sean. Okay. We got to talk about Doom Eternal because we got right, we got to get the ball rolling. Yeah. So, Sean, you and I have both been playing this game. Yeah. You and I have both have been loving this game. Yeah. So, obviously, the first things I w- the the things I want to talk about real quick. First of all, how's your overall experience with Doom Eternal so far? Well, I need to let everybody know. Small disclaimer. Um, we the nerdy reached out to me. We the nerdy reached out to me and asked if uh, I wanted to accept this uh, review code and play it for. Uh, I will be writing a review for the first time in a long, long time. Um, so that's great. The, pr- the code was provided, and but I am playing it on a PS4 Pro. So you guys know how it is. I can't really tell you about how all the like how crispy the graphics are, how well the controls because the, the, the Dual Shock and like I think that thing's only got like four teraflops. So it's like I think I've said before, Good like torch. my daughter has more teraflops in this thing. So that. All being said, this is like one of the best shooters I think I've ever played, right? This is, I didn't yeah. think I needed more Doom after 2016. Like, I felt like I could just play that over and over again. But very similar to what I think was done with Ori and the Will of the Wisps, this is like such a great evolution of what a solid gameplay foundation there was with the original game. Now, with more and probably the biggest thing that kind of jumps out to me is like the pacing, as you've kind of pointed out with a few games, where you get like this really hardcore level, everything's coming at you, and then you take a break and you go to that like the Fortress of Doom, which has been really great. I think the pacing and, and level design has been phenomenal. But yeah, man, what about you? If you're you're obviously loving it as well. Yeah, uh, obviously. I mean, this is the this is like the prototypical Ryan Turford game. I'm, yeah. I'm loving every minute of it. Again, it's a it game took, ass game. It basically took everything that I loved about Doom 2016 and like they added to it in all the right ways while right. not spoiling what was great about the first game. And th- I think that's that's the key thing. For example, excellent gunplay. The gu- the guns all feel really awesome to use and have yep. great special abilities. Also, the combat balance with the different demons. And basically, I love solving the, each of the combat puzzles because they yes. throw a ton of demons at you. Even from the start of the game, I was very surprised. Like, just They went f- full into it even from the first level where it's just you're on Earth and there's a ton of different demons. Some of the demons even that you didn't even fight till the end of the first game were in the first level. So it's like it was super cool to see that the team really uh, just not hold anything back from the player. But even then, like some of the later enemies, because I'm only I'm, I'm at the cultist base right now. I think that's as far as I, bo- I was able to make it based on my Xbox 
doing its thing. And uh, I just love all the different enemies you got in that level and how the combat encounters in that like level a couple of levels in feels even so much more different than the beginning of the game. I think yeah, that's yeah. The evolution is it, it, the game unfolds just like Ori in the Will of the Wisps. I feel like I was saying the same thing about that game. Like it unfolds itself just perfectly. There is not a gun that I don't want to use. Oftentimes with shooters, there's like ah, I can skip over this one. Like the game actually kind of forces you to use the various guns. You kind of mentioned like there's <laughs> combat puzzles. Like certain enemies are going to be weak to certain abilities from every every one of the guns, and that has been really fun to just kind of like rotate through. I did have to tweak my controls a little bit though, Ryan. I I've got it so that my bumpers are my abilities, like my grenade throw, and then the flame belch, like the like short length short range flamethrower, which ignites your enemies on fire. And then as you shoot them, they spill out armor. I don't think this was a thing in 2016. I think this is nope. new. Brand and new. It's, it's additions like that, like it's sort of like how like the glory kills were the main event. Like that was like the big thing from Doom 2016 and how you, you, you kill or attack an enemy just until the brink of death and then you just rip them open. They spill up in health. Like they've expanded that to everything with health and armor and ammo. Like with the chainsaw, you get your ammo, your flame belt, you get your armor, your glory kills, you get your health. Like it, it all loops together, and I feel even though I'm often nearly dead, I always feel like I have a literally I have a fighting chance, and that yeah. is like so rewarding. Especially too, there's one of the the relic abilities because there's all kinds of. I was also surprised at just how many different trees there were for leveling your character and customizing. Right? One of the, the relic abilities I really liked was the one where you're you're pretty close to dead when you get to one health. It basically slows down the action and gives you a second to like get some health back. Yeah. Uh, once like once per death. And I love just even toying with some of that with that where mm-hmm. that's an ability, a totally optional ability. But even then, if you can't count yourself out of a fight, even when you're at one health, you can, you can definitely come back from that. So dude, there's so many times where that's happened. And like really the game, like there is definitely a core experience to be had, but there's so many things that it throws at you that you'll want to explore like that. And also like the map itself, like the levels itself, you'll want to explore for um, all the different secrets that you can collect. And there's like these, these, these areas, these slayer areas where you, you basically push a button and it throws you into like this arena, this concentrated um, challenge arena where then at the end, if you win, you'll get a key and you're, there's a there's a certain success in here that when you unlock all these keys, you get this beastly weapon, right? And I love these, these little arenas that it puts you in to just, sometimes it's like you have 30 seconds to kill everybody here. And so you're like, well, let me bust out my rocket launcher and throw as many grenades as possible and kind of chain all this together. And But it's completely optional. Like you totally don't have to do that. But a lot of, like I probably would be finished the campaign right now, Ryan, but I am scouring for every secret, every, every um, armor upgrade, every mod upgrade, every, even the, the, um, totally optional records that you find you can find like soundtracks from quake and other doom games it's been an unreal experience to just play every inch of doom which i thought was like doom when i think of doom it's like a no-brainer just like shut things off and go shoot things this is like one of the smartest and most evolved shooters i've ever played yeah because even though it's arcadey and over the top you st- it's still a thinking man's game. You still have to mm-hmm. think about a lot of the encounters, especially on the harder difficulties. Because, for example, I'm playing on Ultra Nightmare. Are you and- really? Yeah, because I'm a crazy person. You're a good gamer. And uh, 
Maybe it's take just, it down a notch so that your Xbox won't overheat so much. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. Well, actually, when I first started, because one of the new additions to this game are extra lives. So they actually right. allow you to, uh, if you your health runs out and you've picked up extra lives in the environment, you get a new, uh, like it completely refills your bar. So I was actually playing on the extra life mode, which yeah. basically, once you run out of extra lives, that's it. The game's over. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So Dude, I was actually so much. Yeah, it's so hard. So I was actually playing on the lower difficulty on, uh, I think, Hurt Me Plenty, which is like the, the normal difficulty. Yeah, that's what in, I'm on. In, a, in Extra Life mode, and I ran out of lives. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to play, I'm going to replay the game without this, but then I'm going to, I want to play on a harder difficulty because I found that the combat was just a little too easy for me. So. Oh my gosh, you are a monster, dude. Like I was, I was struggling at least in the early, in the early goings where, I just didn't have enough ammo. Like I just was, I guess I was like firing bullets all over the place. But as I rounded out my, um, my arsenal, I was able to kind of go from one gun to the next and kind of like empty this clip. And then basically like John Wick or matrix where you're just like, you've got the trench coat full of guns and like, it takes too long to, to reload, which by the way, there is no reload in this game, which makes it hardcore and awesome. I just go over to the next gun and just like, okay, I'll just load up my, my chain gun and my, I've got the BFG 9,000, man. It's, it's been incredible. And we, we kind of left Doom 2016 to go back to Earth. We went back to Earth for a little bit of a, a change in setting. And I know that people watching on stream, uh, like Ed Placencia has, has remarked, as have I, that um, just a different color palette, even. Like, yeah. the, the, the whole design is so much different than, than Doom 2016, which has been a pretty big ex- um, uh, surprise for me. Yeah, especially because in the first game, you really are just in, in Hell or on Mars. And then there's the one icy area in the Mars base. But yeah, that's it. That's yeah. those are the three environments. Whereas in this game, you're going to all kinds of different places, and that's one of my favorite things about it. Is I love all the different environments that they have in this game. But even more that than that, Sean, I actually really love the 3D platforming that's in this Do game you? as well. I'm yeah. I know I'm not like in love with it. I have enjoyed elements of it for sure, but it has caused some frustration for me. Yeah, I can definitely see that because there are some frustrating areas, especially because you're not. Sometimes it's not very clear as to where you're supposed to go. Yeah. At least that's just what I noticed. But what I love about it is just it feels so much more fluid than a lot of other 3D platforming games that when you compare it to other 3D platforming games, I think it it feels much more better than those games, especially when you combine it with the, the dashes. Uh, the the midair dash is similar to a game like Celeste. Like it feels almost like I'm playing a game like Celeste in 3D. Totally. Yeah. There's, there's those like glowing orbs that essentially refill your dash. So it is very much like, um, it is a lot like Celeste where I think it was what diamonds or some sort of shape where you, you get the dash refilled again. So I would just say that like, I, it's just been taking getting some getting used to, I think it's not necessarily that it's, that it's bad. It's just like, I, I'm not, I didn't know that I was asking for this. (laughs) In my first-person shooter, but the sure. way I was watching Victor Lucas review the game and the way that he described, like the way that you kind of like do the wall climb, it's not like Spider-Man, like gracefully like sticking to the wall. It's like the Hulk just like smashing into this thing <laughs> and just like crashing his way up the wall. It's been um, that's been great, and even like the character, like the Doom Slayer, has way. I think it's like way more interesting now. It, it seemed like as a joke before, where it's like you're just a you're a nobody, you're just killing demons, but there is definitely like a story here that we don't, I don't think we don't want to spoil. Um, but if you want to get into it, Joseph Moran, uh, the bat, Mr. Badbit himself from the trophy room podcast, he was like blown away at a certain twist. I'm like, I didn't even know that there was any lore with the, with this series at all. But apparently if you're into that sort of thing, there is a lot to love <laughs> from, there is from a lot Doom of Doom out there. So yeah. Are you into I, the lore? 
I'm not a super lo- Doom lore person, but I yeah. know of the lore because there's yeah. lots of Doom books and other things like that that go into the lore a lot more. Right. But yeah, it's just I, I I just loved the Doom from from its gameplay, and that's kind of always been my thing. So it's cool to see that they're they're putting a lot more focus on the story. So mm-hmm. yeah, overall, it sounds like you and I both really love this game, Sean. People should be playing it. If you're not playing Doom Eternal already, you should probably be playing. You're probably it. playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> you're probably playing Animal Crossing, and or your Xbox is broken. <laughs> because there's a million reasons you ought to play this I, game. I also love how I took a moment to slam the PS4 Pro, but it's the Xbox that's actually failing us on this episode. So I, yeah. I'm aware. I'm aware, everybody. You guys don't have to scream at me about that. To be fair, it's it's not their fault. It's it's just one of those things that happens. You know, yeah. I, I'm the person, by the way, who went through 12 Xbox 360s. So, oh, you know, wow. 12. I, I've, I've gone, gone through less this generation. This will be the first that I've had a problem with. So. Unreal. Anyways. Let's move on, Sean. Okay. We could talk about Doom all day. We really could. We got other things to talk about as well. So first of all, real quick, we ran a poll, Sean, yeah. on our Twitter page about uh, what if Series X had a VR headset, kind of like the the one that HP just announced, and Half-Life Alex would be a console exclusive. What would people think about that? The poll results, pretty interesting. 64% said cool, 8% <laughs> said not cool, and uh, 28% said they don't care. Yeah. So... It was really exciting to see Half-Life Alex come out this week. I almost wish that it could be on Xbox or other platforms. Right. Uh, just because the v- the PC VR-, VR headset that you need for that is looks super expensive. Is so, it? Yeah. Well, you you not only need the Valve headset and the controllers, but you also need a computer powerful enough to run all those things at 120 frames per second. So yeah. that's a lot. That's a big ask for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, like it's one of those things where I would love to see... And this is kind of my take on it. I would love to see Xbox maybe toy with the idea of giving third parties the ability to add support if they wanted to, like Oculus or someone else to come in there. And it and it doesn't have to be an Xbox develop system, but maybe just offering developers the ability to add that as a feature if they wanted to. Doesn't that I seem like such a cool. no-brainer? Like, that's the way that it's going to go? It's almost like, um, like just with the blurred lines between Xbox and, and PC as it is, like, that's how you do VR on PC. So, like, all the options should just kind of, like, work, or at least some of them. And the thing that caused me to think of the poll was that HP headset. Um, Microsoft is in on that. That's a that's a Valve and Microsoft and a few others at the table all kind of, like, working on that, that what seems to be a pretty premium headset. Um, which I think will become like almost like a flagship to some degree. So I think I would be voting cool. I think that would be incredible if Half-Life Alex got a little bit more life on a system that's really being pushed and positioned as like the most powerful. So I think VR could could have a life on almost a Half-Life at least. I mean, the system specs would support it. It's just a matter of making the operating system make it so it would work in, in VR, I think, at that point. Mm-hmm. It's really what you're looking at. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would love to see that be a thing. But Sean, let's let a bunch of people into the carpool because, of course, thank you everyone who actually submitted questions this week because y'all are amazing and we got so many great questions this week. Right. So I just want to jump right into this. So we're going to start off with Mr. Moody at Mr. Glorious One. He asks, no question, just wanted to thank you for being consistently a consistently positive force out there during these trying times. Thank you and the entire team and the community. Well, thank you so much for the kind words, Mr. Moody. No doubt, and- man. You're right back at you, man. Like that, that, that means the world to both of us to like have that recognition. I love that, man. Thank you so much. Exactly. Next up, Todd Oxtra. And this is the question I kind of hinted at before at Toxtra asks, is the Xbox one X 
the safe play for an affordable option for the next few years and wait until the Series X's iteration comes out. That's even better than the Series X. How many years do you think the Xbox One X has left? I've seen new slash recertified ones for $200, $250 lately. And th- those are, Amer- again, American prices. As someone who recently just went and looked for yeah. Xbox Series X prices in Canada, it's not that at all. It's f- still 500 bucks for y- any version is, of the console. Th- that, that has to be like the deciding factor, right? Like it has to be price um, less than... Have, like when you you're 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 still going to be getting games for Xbox One X for a while, so it's just a matter of like mm-hmm. I think you've kind of like almost answered this in a way. If if at full price, you don't want to buy one, <laughs> but if yeah. like at a discounted price, then maybe you might be interested to still pick one up and and get value out of it. But yeah, I I I think I'm with you on your decision of like probably wouldn't pay full price at this point. Yeah, especially because I'm the type of person who's going to buy the Series X at launch if I can physically get my hands on it. Like, that's a, a done deal. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I've already accepted that that's going to be my life. So that's that's why I think the, the question more depends on what your personal needs are and, and financial structure is. Because if you're not the type of person who is going to absolutely need to buy the Series X in the next year, like, or I would say even in the first year, then absolutely. Just stick yeah. with the series, the the Xbox One X, because uh, as you mentioned, all the all the the games from Microsoft first party, for example, are all going to come to series to the Xbox One X as well, mm-hmm. and still probably run really well. And, and we've also seen that commitment from other third party publishers. I know Square Enix, for example, said that all their games are going to be like that on an investor call, as well as many other companies. So I think you're going to be covered either way, whether you stick with the the One X or jump into the Series X at that point. So yeah. maybe the smarter play might be to wait. I know I'm the type of person that always likes to get new hardware at launch. And I just understand that I'm different from a lot of other people in that way. Um, so I think it kind of just depends on, on you personally going from there. That's why I'm kind of like, do I really go out and buy an Xbox one X at this point to replace mine? Knowing that in five months, six months, as long as it doesn't get delayed, I'm going to buy a Series X anyways. Well, what about Lockhart, too, is the other kind of question mark that we still have here where, like, is there going to be a blurred line between Xbox One X and whatever this Lockhart, if it's a real thing, like, that becomes even a closer uh, proposition. So it kind of just depends, man. Exactly. So next up, we got not one, but two questions from Seamus McIsaac at Famous Seamus. Love it. First question. Do you guys have any thoughts on the GameStop EB Games trying to stay open during these lockdowns, even if they are not an essential business? Yeah, what we saw from <laughs> EB Games over the over the week here in Toronto, as an example, because that's where I live, was kind of inexcusable because they had everyone in a tight line together and uh, it did not look well for anyone. I mean, to the point where the 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 mayor of Toronto and and the premier pretty much stepped in and said, "Look, you guys got to close down." Yeah, like it was pretty much like within hours of that happening, it was it was pretty much over for them. So for me, obviously, I don't think that the way they approached it was very good at all. I I, I agree. I need to, I want to like just color a little flavor into here as well. Number one. Um, I don't like dogpiling. That's number one. I think it's like it's obviously easy to jump all over um, GameStop. Um, mm-hmm. There are people who made the decision to go stand right next to somebody else, fully aware of what is kind of being asked of everybody right now, right? So when we're talking about the crowds lining up, you can just step aside. So there's so there's that thing. The other thing too is I think it's mostly a sign of just a desperate company. I really think that they're just like they're on the ropes. They're really just trying to survive the winter <laughs> kind of thing and get around to maybe um, to greener pastures and and to the spring and summer months where maybe something can happen. 
so I don't I don't hold it as hard against them because of that. I think everybody in every walk of life is trying to make this work. I think it's tricky. It presents itself really poorly because GameStop and EB Games has a reputation. Obviously, I'm not I'm not excusing it, but I just think that this is truly a sign of a company that's just really just trying desperately to survive and unfortunately taking yet another PR hit. But I also just man. We all know we're not supposed to be standing next to each other. So don't go get in a group. Right? Like it's That's not it. it's we're all in on this, man. I I can't I can't just point the finger at uh, one one company for yeah. making people get in line like this like that's not really how this no, works no and, and that and it's absolutely not just them i mean they're just the most public example of this happening to totally them. i mean like hairdressers and stuff like that for example we're still open it's like guys come on god help us all man my hair my goodness gracious i'm on a skype call nine hours out of the day yeah. <laughs> but even but even free. like stuff like the grocery stores even more grocery stores weren't even uh putting it like mandating that people stand apart or anything like that. It was, it was really up to the people in line. So yeah, you do make a good point where it really is up to the responsibility of those that are in line. Like, yeah, hey, like stand two meters apart. This is something that we've known for a while, yeah. you know? And, and I think it's also just in a sign of just, it's a lot of companies are new to this type of thing. We We're haven't just trying really to figure had it out. A, situa- a situation like this before. So we've never done this before. We're new at yeah. this. Yeah, man. I, I, I try to extend the benefit of the doubt if I can, but at the same time, we're also seeing all the letters saying like, tell cops to go away. Not a good look guys. <laughs> so yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's no good. Yeah. All right. To Seamus's other question, uh, what should gamers do during quarantine? Beat the main story of multiple smaller games, like any list some examples, or on their backlog, or try to one hundred percent a massive game, something like The Witcher Ooh. Three or GTA or something like that from their backlog. So either way, it sounds like he's get, revisiting his backlog, but he doesn't know if he should hundred percent something he's enjoying, or play a bunch of smaller games. And ultimately, I think it just comes down to what mood you're in. Because yeah. sometimes I'm just in the and I've talked about this on the show before, but sometimes I'm just in the mood for smaller experiences. Uh, so I'll, that's what I'll do. Uh, and sometimes I'll, if it's a game I'm really enjoying, I'll dive deep and get the, the hundred gamer score or, or sorry, thousands gamer score and hundred percent the game. And and that's something I want to do. But I think it all comes down to, to the mood. Like, what are you in the mood for? Yeah. Kind of thing. I think like, this uh, question, like if it was like, if the, if the quarantine was kind of like two months ago, it'd be a little bit different, but all of a sudden we've got a bunch of brand new games. So it's like, man, if you want those new games, go get doom, go get Ori and the, and the will of the wisp. Like, there's, and Bleeding Edge launched uh, today, which I I haven't jumped into, but and I'm, I don't even know if I will. But there's lots of new stuff. So I feel like do whatever. Uh, yeah, man. Like you said, just do what makes your heart sing. Yeah, because sometimes I just feel like cracking open my original Xbox and playing Buffy the Vampire Slayer Chaos Bleeds. Of course you, know? you do. Sometimes yeah. I just feel like doing that. And that's what I did literally yesterday. So, you know, I, that's you go with where the wind takes you. I guess you do. I that's would say that, you know, with, with both Doom and Ori kind of happening in the same month. Play both in both series. Play Blind Forest and Will the Wisps. Play Doom 2016. It's on Game Pass. And play play the new one, man. Like get kind of like your full your full taste of these of these new games that are coming out. Or, or worst case scenario, if there is a one a game that you really want 100 percent that you're really enjoying, like don't feel guilty about doing that either. Like not having that game monopolize your time because if you're enjoying it, that's the main thing that matters, mm-hmm. right? Or likewise, if you're playing a game like Service, like The Division or something, and you're just really dip, deep into Ooh, it. Ooh, yeah, get back in. That's the answer. Play The Division. Jump in with Garrett Bland and me and Donnie Reese and everybody else. Like, let's go. Let's but go Sean, play some. But Sean, we need to yeah. have some people come and play uh, Fantasy Star Online 2 with me. Someone That's needs true. To. Ooh, good answer. <laughs> Man, I got to get into Black Desert. That Oh, what, what was that Bless game that you talked about last week? Bless Unleashed. That's yeah, a fun that game too, too, actually. Mm-hmm. Lots of All right, options. Next, next up, and, and you kind of... Um, 
segued into this with your bleeding edge thing. Alex Van Aken at It's Van Aken asks, first of all, he wanted to know if you are in quarantine or just pooping in your video. Oh, yeah. But, no, I, yeah, it was definitely good. Good eye, man. I was in my bathroom, but I was uh, I was just trying to I was just playing. Exactly. So he also wanted to know what our thoughts are on Bleeding Edge launching this week in particular. Will stay at home be a boon for the game or are Doom and Animal Crossing too big as of a distraction? Honestly, I think this is and we talked about this a little bit with Bleeding Edge uh, in previous episodes. I think just la- it's going to be tough to launch that game regardless of when you launch it, because yeah. it has a specific style to it that turns off a lot of people. It also looks really cool. Like it also turns on a specific audience as well. Like even though I don't really love the style of that game, the gameplay of Bleeding Edge is seems super appealing to me, and I loved what I played of the beta. So it's it is definitely a game that I think even if it doesn't take off, or maybe this wasn't the right time to launch it, I still think because it'll exist in Game Pass. And with enough good word of mouth, I think it's it, they're playing the long game with this game. I was going to say the exact same thing, that this is not a launch, like liftoff, like a rocket ship, but more of just like, it'll be gradual. I think they've learned a lot um, within the Microsoft Studios with Sea of Thieves, that, that, and even um, State of Decay as well. I think this, you're right, this is, they have to play the long game with this. This is not making a splash, but with, with solid gameplay, sometimes gameplay is just kind of, it'll speak for itself and people will jump in and play. Exactly. And uh, also, you brought up State of Decay. I want to apologize real quick to Donnie Reese. I mentioned on last week's show, I wanted to get to State of Decay for obvious reasons I haven't been able to. So Yeah, I want to get through Doom, and then I'm I'm right there with you, man. I've got Doom with, um, or sorry, I've got uh, State of Decay with Donnie, and then um, The Division with Garrett Blind. And anybody else, guys, you guys know what we're playing. Reach out if you guys want to play games with us. You guys, you guys know where to find us. That's I not mean, the end of the show. If anyone wants to play a Togi Myth of Demons with me on Xbox, I'm right here. There's got to be at or least one other person. <laughs> exactly. Right? Uh, maybe. Probably. <laughs> Next up, Sergeant Bones at Sergeant Bones on Twitter asks I am 100% positive that this was asked, but if not, let's speculate. Does the rampant spread of COVID 19 derail the release of Series X or PS5 as factories are possibly shut down? And if so, where do Microsoft and Sony pivot their release windows to? Uh, We talked about this last week, Sean. I think that ultimately they probably will launch this year in minimum in limited qualities. That's just where I'm fairly confident in saying they're going to land, especially because if if I think if they were anticipating a shift, that information probably would have come out last week during GDC. I kind of agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. And and everything that we're hearing is that they're ahead of schedule and that you have to almost imagine that um, that's the case on the manufacturing front as well as China starts to kind of come back to life here a little bit where I have to imagine most of these, most of the manufacturing is going to happen. Now, Ryan, the Sally Shine in me says that a shortage could be the best thing for this. Like the, the Even though we're in dark times right now, um, people are valuing video games like they've never valued video games before. We're seeing massive boosts in terms of concurrent players on things like Steam. Benji Sales is reporting on these things almost on a minute-to-minute basis, which is incredible. So I think that there's going to be a renewed fervor for video games and um, uh, a short supply of... Um, Definitely not a delay, but potentially a short supply of, of physical consoles will make people just go crazy for this thing when it launches, I think. Yeah, I think that the launches are still going to be big, and it's just it's going to depend on how many, they, how many of these they can pump out. But I'm fairly confident that they, they will hit 12, that holiday 2020 release date at some, in some it, capacity. It could be interesting, too, even just like because you rarely get 
um, in the history of video games, really only the Xbox One and PS4 were the ones that like launched right next to each other. Um, you generally had a little bit more time in between. But this could be a really interesting like head-to-head. Who can actually have like units on the shelf and have that translate into into sales? Where somebody walks in going, maybe I'll want a PS4. They only have an Xbox, like, and they don't know when they're getting PS4s out. Then they just buy an Xbox. Like it could be as simple as that. Hopefully, hopefully, Team Phil's on it. So. Last question, and this segues into our cruise control topic for the week. Tony Baker via Discord asks, what is the best Xbox game to play for self-isolation? So, Sean, we thought this would be a fun topic because Game Pass, of course, is a thing that most of us have right now. Lots of games to play on Game Pass. In fact, probably on, on a lot of people's uh, back uh, back uh, logs. So we wanted to give our five recommendations for what you could play on Game Pass right now. I thought this would be pretty fun, especially because everyone's at home. And uh, here are here's our ten suggestions, five from each of us, uh, going over what we think y'all should play from Game Pass if you haven't already, anyways. So, Sean, I'll go first. Okay. And we'll kind of go back and forth if if you want to do that. So I'm good with that. My first pick is a game that I've ranted and raved about a ton. I forgot that this was actually still on Game Pass, but I want I always tell people to check out this game if they haven't already. If you like survival horror games, if you like the Alien franchise. Oh, I was going to guess Alien Isolation. You got to play Alien Isolation. Yeah, man. It is man. incredible. It's one of my favorite games of the generation. It's basically, if you like games like Outlast or Amnesia of the Dark Descent, where your character feel, feels powerless, where you basically have to run away from the the uh, the enemy that's stalking you, Alien Isolation is your game. And I love games like that. So uh, definitely, it's a game that on Game Pass where... If you've never played it, I know kind of a lot of people overlooked it at the time. You got to play it. It's, Dude, good it's pick. incredible. Good pick. I love I love the little tease. I'm like, I think he's going to say Alien Isolation, man. Uh, yeah, and this you know is like, well. it's funny because like this is kind of a question that we would we would get um, on the regular, and then we sort of stopped getting it. But as more and more games are leaving Game Pass, this is kind of like a thing that we could maybe do periodically to say like, here is what we should be playing right now on Game Pass. And my first pick, I, I actually forgot it was still on Game Pass because I've bought this game everywhere. I've got it on, on PC, on Switch, on PS4, on Xbox. And that game is one of the most perfect arcade games of all time called Rocket League. I guess you'd call that an arcade game. Ooh, very um, nice. Rocket League is one of the best games ever. And now with Quarantine, you might have time to actually get pretty good at it, man. It's got some really good, solid tutorials in there that you guys should definitely check out if you're at all kind of uneasy or un- uncertain about how to go about playing Rocket League. But that game is like, it's actually timeless, which is why it will probably always, as long as it's on uh, Game Pass, it will be on my list of Game Pass games to play. Very nice. And I mean, as long as I've known you, Sean, I know you've been a huge Love fan of Rocket, Rocket League. League. So I kind of knew this one was coming as well. Yeah. Where it's like, and especially if you, it's a fun game to play, even to jump, just jump into it for a couple matches and then move on to something else. Perfect. You know, it's like you don't have to sit down and play Rocket League forever, or you could if you or really wanted could. to get good at it as well. Mm-hmm. So there you go. My next one, one of my favorite games from last year is is on Game Pass. It, when you're when you're done playing Ori of the Will of the Wisps and you think to yourself, man. I need another Metroidvania to play. The game that I suggest, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Dude, that's one of mine! Oh my god, we're like the same person. I'm sorry <laughs> for stealing one of yours. But Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is an incredible Metroidvania from the from uh, one of the creators of uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. It plays so much like Symphony of the Night. It's such a, a, a love letter to that game or to the other Castlevania uh, Metroidvania style games. Uh, it's incredible. 
a ton of fun, lots of gameplay as well. It's actually a fairly long game. And uh, yeah, it's it's a game that I wholeheartedly recommend as well that's on Game Pass. And again, another game that came to Game Pass really quickly after it released and it yep. kind of launched in a weird period as well where there are a lot of things around Bloodstain that people... Uh, I think a lot of people kind of missed Bloodstain when it came mm. out. So definitely jump into it if you've never played Bloodstain Ritual of the Night. Highly recommended if you like Metrovanias. Big time, Sean, man. Well, yeah, no, I obviously echo those thoughts exactly. Like, uh, I, I absolutely adore that game. And I actually forgot it was on... Uh, a lot of these, I actually forgot that they were on Game Pass as well. Um, the next game that I've got is really quite different, actually, Ryan. And I don't know if you've played this. Um, but if we're looking to get social and play games together and just go hunt down some giant beasts and chop them up even though they didn't really do anything to us. Monster Hunter World is a massive success story from Capcom um, over the last little while. And what a massive game to be on Game Pass, dude. Like that game, it looks gorgeous on on the One X. I actually, I bought that as soon as it came out and Chelsea and I dumped a, a little, a couple hours into it together and I continued on. My character is actually pretty far along. And man, that was my first entry into the Monster Hunter universe, and it is great. And people should definitely be checking out that massive experience on Game Pass. Very nice. Yeah, it's it's also if you want bang for your buck, right? Monster Hunter World has it. Yeah, it's there's just so much to do. You could spend like most of the people I know who played Monster Hunter World who got really into it spent like 200 hours in that game. Yeah, so man. If you need a game to really sink your teeth into, that's that's the game for mm-hmm. sure. All right, my next one is actually a Microsoft first-party title. And I tried to stick stay away from a lot of the more obvious ones, stuff like Halo and Gears. You don't need me to tell you, though, those are good. You should go... You already kind of know that. Yeah. But the one game that kind of, I think, gets overlooked a lot, plus it has a sequel coming out soon, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Nice. Is a game that I know didn't sell too well. Um, so I don't... Th- and I think a lot of people kind of missed it when it came to Xbox because it kind of... De- it debuted on PS4 and then went to other consoles from there. Uh, but Hell- Hellblade is an incredible immersive experience that uh, I loved when it came back, it came out in 2017. And uh, yeah, it just, it, it's such a unique experience from everything else out there as well, especially if you play it with headphones, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of the way it was meant to be played. Um, and it tackles a lot of, of tough themes and it might ne- necessarily be the type of game you need during quarantine, but I think it is an uplift- uplifting experience in the end, when you get through the whole thing that I think it's, it's a great game to actually play during quarantine, believe it or not. Hmm. And uh, it's also a game that I highly recommend. It's a fantastic game that I think just a lot of people did not get a chance to play at the time. Plus you got to prepare yourself for the sequel. I was just going to say that. Yeah. You got it. You got to do yourself the favor and get ready for the next one. And, and man, it's one of those games that like looks really, really good. Um, It's one of those like low budget, really like kind of triple A esque looking type of games. And, um, it's going to look even better on Series X, like that game itself, and and with the second one coming very very soon. Exactly, I can't wait to see just what Ninja Theory can do with that with the the Series X hardware because they're one of the best studios out there in, in as far as engine development. So I can't wait to see what they do with the, Man, the good new call. hardware. Good call. So what's up? What's on your next list, Sean? Ryan, I, this one I'll be really quick with um, Doom 2016. We've kind of already talked about why I love Doom. But uh, a few of these games, really the theme here is like gameplay, man. Game Pass has games that are just solid on gameplay, and Doom is just dripping with it, man. It's so good. So I don't need to, I don't need to wax poetic anymore about Doom, but I definitely want to call that out because, again, I don't know if anybody really realizes that you have this game. Go play it. Especially if you, if you uh, don't know if Doom Eternal would be up your alley, just play Doom 2016 and you'll know right away if Big time. Doom Eternal is a game for you. 
well, sticking with the gameplay theme, Sean, because I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to actually go with an OG Xbox game Ooh. that's on Game Pass. And I'll be quick about this one as well. Panzer Dragoon Orta is a game that I recommend to anyone that, who missed it when it came out on the original Xbox or is just if you've never played original Xbox games in general. What I love about Panzer Dragoon Orta that makes it so great is the gameplay. It's basically a, a, a shooter like Star Fox is but really good because Star Fox, <laughs> the gameplay, I think the, the gameplay in Star Fox, except for maybe Star, Star Fox 64, doesn't hold up super well. But Panzer Dra- Dragoon Orta holds up super well today, especially if you have an Xbox One X, because they did a ton of X enhancements to that game mm-hmm. to make that game look incredible in 4K. So if you haven't played Panzer Dragoon Orta at all, again, it, it's ama- it's an amazing gameplay experience from top to bottom. Dude, I love it, man. Well, the last one on my list is something that actually we brought up. Um, it's brand new to Game Pass. It's uh, Ace Combat 7. Is something that, again, when you have the X, uh, it just looks incredible. And it's it has this like incredible... I thought it was more going into Ace Combat. Like It looks like one of those old school like simulator type of games, but it, it has enough arcade feel for it to be accessible to everybody. And the story is actually like completely over the top Japanese, um, which is very surprising. I didn't know that that's the type of game I was getting myself into when I first jumped into Ace Combat 7. Was it just last year or the year before? Um, last year, yeah. Yeah, just, oh God, it's a brand new game, man. So that's that kind of rounds out my list. I really love Ace Combat. And I wanted to kind of give people um, a selection. Like, I think my list between, like, Doom and Ace Combat, Monster Hunter World, Rocket League, and Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, like, none of those games are alike. And they're all on Game Pass, and I love them all. And I can almost guarantee that if you try at least one of those games, you'll like it. <laughs> yeah. and, and actually across both of our lists because actually I think both of our lists are very unique and different from each other mm-hmm. my last one real quick before we go Indivisible one of my favorite oh, games yes. from last year it's a turn-based RPG slash Metroidvania and it has this beautiful art style uh, they did they, the opening cinematic is done by Studio Trigger who is responsible for animes like Kill a Kill and Gurren Lagann which I love so it's a super unique experience from a lot of other games a great RPG super long as well it's like a 50 hour RPG is it really and, uh, yeah it's got amazing music as well from the composer who did Secret of Mana so yeah it's it, incredible, and I know a lot of people didn't pick it up last year, so definitely check out Indivisible. It's newish to Game Pass as well, and it's a really unique experience to round out our list of 10 games. Totally. I'm I'm uh, just going to try and get the State of Decay, for God's sake. <laughs> next <laughs> on my list, man. We just made a whole lot of uh, people's lives just, you know, backlogs just There's too many games. super long. There's too I'm many sorry, games. Sean. Mm-hmm. But, Sean, we got to go. So before we go, Sean Pugs, go. Guys, you can find me uh, all by myself in Canada, but also on Twitter at uh, Sean Capri, Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. You can find me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Sean Capri. And if you like this show and all the other things that I'm doing, uh, you can toss a buck or two or ten to patreon.com slash you, me, Capri. Very nice. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. That's T-U-R-F-O-R-D. And of course, you can hit us up on Twitter anytime at the Xbox Drive. So for Sean Capri, I am Ryan Turford. This has been episode 133 of the Xbox Drive. And we out. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Bye.